Buenos dias from the Gothic Quarter. This is the Rorschach Spain update from the 10th of November, 2022. Quick summary of what's going down in Spain. Let's kick things off with an update on the investigations into the tragic event that took place on the 24th of June at the Spanish Melilla border where several migrants died or were killed, depending on who you talk to, at the weekly Congress meeting on Tuesday the 8th. The topic was left unanswered as it wasn't on the agenda. However, growing pressure from various opposition politicians is mounting on Fernando Grande Marlaska, the Spanish interior minister, to resign as he is accused of withholding important evidence and security footage. The growing opposition comes after a parliamentary committee visited the Melilla border on Monday the 7th and accessed some of the withheld evidence. Grande Marlaska denied the allegations, and on Monday, he upheld his claim that the deaths occurred in no man's land between Spain and Morocco and is willing to provide all evidence to prove it. Next up, this week, Spain has brushed aside corporate concerns about its overseeing management of billions of euros from the EU Next Generation's pandemic recovery funds, which the EU set up to help countries repair financial damage from the pandemic. Spain was one of the first EU countries to be accepted for a total of 140 billion euros in 2021. They then received the first allocation of recovery funds in the same year, around 30 billion euros. The non-refundable funds and loans will be directed to projects like residential solar panel projects, financial aid for small businesses, and multi-million electric vehicle projects, according to the Spanish economy minister, who has since resigned due to personal reasons. However, In recent weeks, the central government has received a bit of backlash from business partners like Volkswagen over transparency and pace as funds are being distributed slowly. Rodrigo Oega, the co-managing partner of the law firm Baker McKinsey, said Madrid should have outsourced allocations of fund applications to speed up the process as they can't, quote, handle such a huge amount of money in a short period of time, end quote. EU Commission, however, says that the allocation of funds is on track. Moving on, after a hot and dry summer and Spain being the world's largest olive producer, with just under 6 million tons of olives harvested and produced annually on average, Spanish olive trees are looking bleak for the October harvest that should have been happening over the last month. Olive farmers usually harvest their crop in early October before full ripeness to produce olive oil. Still, this year's olives are too small and unripe to pick, meaning many farmers are waiting to see if rain will come. Agriculture Minister Luis Planas has said that, quote, the forecast for the harvest season is low, end quote. They predict that Spain won't harvest nearly as many olives as in 2021, when around 1.5 million tons were produced. This year's forecast is around just over half of that at 800,000 tons, spelling a bleak outlook for Spanish olive production. Spain is also not the only country facing agricultural issues, as olive harvests in Greece and Italy are also significantly smaller than in previous years. In other news, the city of Barcelona is well on its way to providing more pedestrianized walkways with the new La Superilla plan, which started in August. With La Superilla, main commuter roads leading in and out of the city will be cut off for private vehicles, affecting roads on the Consul de Sent between Villa Marie and Passage San Juan, Roquefort from Gran Via, Girona, and Comte Borel. The plan is to make way for greener spaces, more outdoor seating, and fewer privatized cars. And the first stage is aiming to be finished by March 2023. 
New plans will also include regulations such as specific turning points and driver speed limits that will come into force on the 18th of November. While work is ongoing, the City Council will launch a communication campaign on the new traffic regulations, including notices, posters, and online information. Now, for an update on upcoming strikes. The transport sector announced on Monday the 8th indefinite strike starting Sunday the 13th after the working conditions agreed on between the unions and the government after the 20-day strike in March of this year were breached. Some drivers are unsatisfied with the lack of coordination from administrators after the conditions were agreed upon in August. They say the decree law approved is not being respected as they are still forced to unload the trucks and are working below minimum cost. The strikes have been organized by the National Platform in Defense of of the Transport Sector, representing mainly self-employed drivers. Moving on, climate change activists from Extinction Rebellion posted a video online of activists from last generation gluing their hands to two Francisco Goya-framed paintings at the Prado Museum in Madrid on Saturday the 5th. In the video, they glued their hands to the frames. They also wrote plus 1.5 degrees centigrade on the wall in reference to the Paris Agreement targets for capping the rising temperatures at 1.5 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels. It was in protest against the rising world temperatures in the face of climate change. Isn't the first act of protest from climate change groups as activists from Extinction Rebellion and Just Stop Oil have previously targeted the Mona Lisa by Leonardo da Vinci in the Louvre and Van Gogh's Sunflowers at London's National Portrait Gallery. Meanwhile. It's been announced by the European Commission that non-EU residents legally living in Spain will not be eligible for fast-track electronic passport gates when the new entry exits or EES border control system is implemented in May of 2023. The EES automated border control aims to enforce the 90-day limit for non-EU nationals entering Spain for short stays, either with a visa or without, and will scan the biometric passports to ensure visitors aren't overstaying. Instead, residents must show residency documents such as the Tarjeta de Identidad de Estranjero, best known as the TIE or TAI, and passport to officials when entering or leaving the country. They will not be able to use the automated machines. Regarding visas and overstaying, the Spanish Secretary for the Ministry of Tourism and Industry, Fernando Valdez, said that Spain would like to scrap the 90 to 100 day Schengen rule for non EU tourists because it has a damaging effect on tourism. And, importantly, homeowners who have a second home in Spain, according to an interview he made with iNews. However, this matter would have to be taken up with Brussels, as this would also affect other EU countries. Currently, the Schengen limit allows tourists to travel the Schengen area for up to 90 days within a six-month time frame. If the 90-day ruling were to be scrapped, tourists could stay indefinitely, but they would be unable to work. This is all, of course, about Brits, who are now no longer EU citizens, thanks to Brexit. For context, Portugal has now been successfully ignoring this aforementioned Schengen rule, allowing Brits to stay for long periods in homes that they own in Portugal. Spain's thinking about what that means for them. In unrelated news, the term fake news, made popular by none other than former U.S. President Donald Trump, is now being used in the Spanish courtroom. On Tuesday the 8th, civil guard called JM was convicted for spreading damaging fake news across the social media platform, particularly Twitter. In his tweets in 2019, JM published a video of a brutal attack on an unknown woman, attributing it to minors from a center just outside of Barcelona, when in fact the video and crime actually took place in China, according to authorities. 
His Twitter page is full of racist and xenophobic comments against migrants and unaccompanied minors. The prosecutor's office condemned him for spreading fake news designed to increase prejudices and stereotypes against vulnerable people and charged him with a suspended 15-month sentence and a 1,600 euro fine for a crime against fundamental rights. He'll not serve the 15-month sentence, though, as first-time offenders in Spain don't serve custodial sentences. He won't go to jail, provided he doesn't open any new profiles with discriminatory content, and that he attends a non-discriminatory human rights education course. Also related to Twitter, on Monday the 8th, Ukraine received news, new NASAMS, Aspide Air Defense Systems from Spain, the U.S., and Norway. Alexei Reznikov, Ukrainian defense minister, gave their thanks on his Twitter account, saying, quote, these weapons will strengthen the Ukrainian army and make our skies safer. And that's it for this week. Speaking of social media, as we know, it's neither social in any real sense, and it's not media, although many people use it that way. The Twitter takeover has led many to abandon it and look around, and everybody knows that Facebook is a terrible but convenient force in the world. So our question to you, what do you think about social media? Are you migrating at all? Using Mastodon? Experiences? Besides Twitter and all that belongs to Meta, like Instagram, what social media platforms do you use? Where do you think Rorschach should create an account? Let us know at spain at rorschach.com. Hasta la próxima. Hasta la próxima.